I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm This is how I fight. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I This is how I find my battles. This is how I find my battles. This is how I find my battles. This is how I This is how we find And I believe you've overcome And I will lift my song of praise for all you This is how I find my battles. This is how I find my battles. This is how I. This is how I find my battles. This is how I find my battles. This is how I find my battles. This is how I. Sing this with this church. It may look like I'm surrounded, but. By you. your love, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by your peace. It may look like I'm surrounded. I'm surrounded by you. Oh, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. You're surrounded by you.
it may look like I'm surrounded, but I know I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Just sing a new song to the Lord. I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Nothing's too big for him. Nothing's too small for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Oh, oh, we love you, Father. Oh, we love you, Father. We're surrounded, we're surrounded, we're surrounded. We're surrounded by your love, your peace, your joy, your healing. Surrounded by you, surrounded by you, surrounded. The joy of the Lord is your strength. 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 No weapon formed against you no weapon formed against you shall prosper we serve a God who's the same yesterday and today and forever he will never leave you he will never forsake you we serve a good God a sovereign God a faithful God Providing God, oh, don't give up, don't give in. We serve a constant God, oh, Father, we just pray and we, we thank you, Jesus, that we don't have to fight the way we used to. Thank you, Lord God, for relieving us from our hands of physical weapons, sword, and even when we're retired in the flesh, that means we're stronger in our fight because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We're using the Spirit of God. And you said in Matthew 26 and 41, and indeed the Spirit is willing when the flesh is weak. I speak to you that are tired. You are in your best fighting position because you can only lean on God. You're too exhausted physically. And all you got now is to lean on Jesus, which is what he wanted all along. And I just want to let you know how blessed you are for being exhausted. 
to know how blessed you are for all the times. And just pray. I just put one hand over your body right now. I speak healing over you. I speak the, the will of God that by stripes you are healed. And the top of your head to the soles of your feet, emotionally, mentally. Your children are blessed. They're healed. Uh, I, I pray that your loved ones are healed in the name of Jesus. That he's taken care of you. And he just wants to honor you. I need a huge favor. If you stretch your hand toward me, pray and continue to lift up my mother. She said something to me I've never heard her say and on Monday that she said she was afraid. Never heard that before. Shook me. But in Jesus' name, God did not give her a spirit of fear, but of love and a power and a sound mind. And I thank God uh, for the word of God. I praise him that in this time that she realized that no longer her strength is, is that valuable anymore, that she can just lay and rest in the hand of God and he's taking care of her and all of them. And I just speak the word of God over them and over you. I need you to do me a huge favor. I want you to go ahead and have a seat, but keep your eyes closed and stay in an attitude of prayer. Uh, it's something that, that God had just spoke to my heart as I was reading today that we prayed, we prayed, we prayed. And believe God. I, I can tell you, we prayed over the church. And, God, I wanted people to come and, and hear this word. And even tonight, I just, gosh, I wish more people were here to hear it. But God says this, and he says, when you pray and, and you feel like you didn't get your prayer completely answered, and we've all been there. And he was trying, he was resurrecting my soul to help you encourage your soul. He says, it says this in, in the book, it says, but sometimes you need to accept the new normal. And recognize that God might want to glorify himself in a way you wouldn't choose. God, I wouldn't have chose it this way, but you're getting glory for the way it is. I wouldn't have chose my body. I know, Pastor Donnie, you wouldn't have chose it that way. But in a way you wouldn't choose, God is going to get glory. And all things work together for the good. And the way we wouldn't choose for whatever we're believing God to happen and, and but God, because he says, I work all things together for the good. And, and he says, no one wins the blame, blame game because it's always followed by a post-game pity party. And at some point, we must recognize that circumstances we ask God to change are often the very circumstances God is using to change us. I want you just to say just right now, God, change me. I pray, Lord Jesus, that this changes me. What I'm asking to be so different, Lord, if it's supposed to be the reverse, I accept the change tonight. I accept it and receive it in the name of Jesus, uh, the, the reminder of God's glory. That's why cancer can't keep you from doing the will of God. Nothing. You can glorify God under any and every circumstance. And, and that's what we're going to do. So in this time and in a trial, he, is, he said he does this. He says that he comes up with all the things and, and says some of the great things. He said, I want you to think about everything that you know that is good about God. And I want us to do that right now. And I know I'm, I'm, I can't begin to tell you how bad I wish so many people were hearing this, but it's us, and which means we need to hear it, right, for us. And it's, 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 here's the things that are good about God. God is still sovereign no matter what. 
he still knows my name angels still respond to his call the hearts of rulers still bend at his bidding the death of Jesus still saves souls the spirit of God still indwells in saints heaven is still only heartbeats away the grave is still temporary housing God is still faithful he is not caught off guard he uses everything for his glory and my ultimate good he uses tragedy to accomplish his will and his will is right holy and perfect sorrow may come with the night but joy comes with the morning father we welcome morning right now and we thank you jesus that in the midst lord god that i've gone i've I've done all the stand i know i can still stand that this experience is not what happens to you it is what you do with what happens to you and jesus i'm gonna do with what has happened to me and i'm gonna do what i know to do and that's lift my hands and glorify god because i think about it i should have been dead by now i should have been gone by now had it not been for jesus so lord i'm not gonna let this stop my worship i'm not gonna let this stop my praise i'm not gonna let it take me off course from what i believe what your word has already said because i just heard a list of things that is always and forever will be true lord we think about your good and we know that you're moving on our behalf in an amazing way i thank you for the deliverance from wondering and questioning and asking why and only going to that point of saying god i know you know more than i do and since you know more than i do i'm going to accept your answer at this moment and walk and worship you and glorify you for what you're doing presently in my life thank you father relieving me from stress relieving me from the job that I took on to be worried and the job that I took on to be upset thank you Lord Jesus for firing me from that position tonight and that I only turn to Jesus father we thank you we thank you for hearing us as we pray according to Daniel 10 12 that you heard us the very first time we prayed and we believe it is done in Jesus name amen 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 if you are um, a competitive person, uh, the thing you probably hate the most when you're playing a sport, two things you probably hate the most. One, folks that don't keep score. And when uh, they want to quit when it's a tie. You know, when they want to quit when it's just a tie. Uh, you know, the, the devil loves for us to be average. He wants you to break even. He wants to be in a tie with you because he know he's lost. So to bring you down to him, meaning that he's trying to get you to forfeit what you've already won. Uh, but Jesus is our tiebreaker. And that's what we're going to preach about tonight, our tiebreaker. No matter what is going on, apply Jesus, he'll break the tie. If your mind and anger starts to consume you or hate or bitterness or frustration or whatever it is, you employ Jesus because you're at a tie with your flesh and your situation and then you need to hit, put Jesus in there, the tiebreaker. So Jesus gives us the win. And Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24 through 27 says this, Therefore, whosoever hear these sayings of mine and do of them, I will liken unto him, uh, uh, liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the wind blew, and beat upon the house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. 
And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. So, Father, I just pray, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord God, it is delivered according to your will. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. So this verse right here eliminates the why me, right? Because, you know, like we're, we're, you know, a lot of times we get into this and like, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm serving God. And why am I getting, why is it raining on me? When this verse says, it then said things wouldn't come against you. It says because of your foundation, you'll still be here after they come. They'll come and go and you'll stay. However, without Jesus, things can wash people away. So it makes you wonder if people are in church and not in Christ, that how they're getting washed away, right? And so it should not wash you away. It should be in a place where you're saying, okay, this can hit. It can come against me, but it can't overcome me, right? Because I'm standing on something different. My ground is different. My, 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 my foundation is different. So Jesus is the foundation that breaks the tie when circumstances hit everyone equally, Hits everyone equally. Everybody's tired on Monday. Everybody's uh, <laughs> Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Everybody's tired, but your equal, your tiebreaker is Christ. It's Jesus in Christ alone, and so it, it is. It is amazing. So I, I went to a yoga class, just a hot yoga class. Okay, so they got in there. To, <laughs> so and I'm in there, and I'm not flexible at all. So I just went because friend wanted me to go. I'm not flexible. None of the moves. I'm in there. And I'm falling over and I'm sweating because it's hot yoga. Like, I was, it was 105 in the room. And y'all know how I do here. I mean, I, it was, I had a puddle where I was. And, and so, as the lady was saying, <laughs> they don't like you to be loud in there either. They want you quiet. So, my loud laughing was not. So, I only did it once and I knew that they didn't like They frowned upon it. But, like, she was like, find your place. And I was like, Jesus. Right? Like, yeah, you just leading me right here to pray for this and it's peace because everything that's 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 crazy and anxiety must bow to in the presence of God and it's peace and be still and I'm worshiping and I'm I'm like like making up my own songs while I can't do none of the moves, right? I'm sitting there, warrior pose. And these folks were stretching, they said, put your hand behind your back. I'm supposed to touch my back. This is as far as I could go. And put your other hand, and they, they could, some people can touch their hands together like that. This is as close as I got. Like, I ain't touched my back in years. So and the lady says, don't worry about it. You know, just do what you can. That's all. I'm, that's, yeah. You don't even tell me that. That's all I'm going to do. I'm not... I'm not trying to go beyond, but I, I have to do the, the heat of it because that actually makes more flow. It was stretching me in areas that I normally wouldn't do. Sometimes we like to go and do workouts that we know we're good at. And sometimes we need to get in those places where it's going to stretch us, right, and get us into a place. And so after a while, I really started to get in it. I was praying, but I wasn't following the script because I didn't know. I didn't know what pigeon was. There's a move called pigeon. And I was struggling. I'm thinking, unless you're frying it, I ain't, you know. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure y'all up in here vegan, so <laughs> I get all your chicken. Take yourself into every situation and be who you are. 
You know what I mean? Don't don't go in there and try to change. I mean, it's just not it's not what it is. So, but by building on Jesus, no matter what the climate and whatever they was thinking about, I knew I was thinking about Jesus in there. I knew I was thinking about my faith and thinking about God. And and so I built on Jesus. We build beyond the strength of problems to the strength of God. So if I if I if I built on Jesus, no matter what problems come, the strength is on God, not on me. It's not my responsibility, it's his. He's going to handle it. If I build on me, that means I got to do it. And I know I can't do it. That's why I was like, I freaked out. My mom said, again, I've never heard her say, ever, ever say she was afraid. It, it shook me. I said, let me talk to dad because I've never heard. In fact, I, I was like, did you say you're afraid? Like, I had to hear that again. I've never heard that before. And sometimes when what people you think is your believable hero, sometimes we also have to lift them up too. Right? And, and that's what God says. You be lifting your mother up. A believer should never be overwhelmed by problems that come against them because God will always have the last say. What did God say? So, so your eye is a lamp, of, a lamp of your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when it is bad, your whole body is full of darkness. And the King James said, if, you're li- if, you're li- if your eye is evil, the whole body is dark. Right? And so sometimes you got to quit looking with the wrong eye. Right? And quit looking at people skeptical and looking at yourself skeptical because that makes things dark instead of seeing things positive. Quit looking at people for what they did to you and start looking at what God does through you. And that can change the way you see things, right? The only difference between seeing the miracles and not seeing them is which eye we're willing to look with. I can't see God coming through and all I see is what I'm going through. I have to be able to look at Jesus. Jesus. Jewish rabbis made a distinction between a good eye and a bad eye. Both had to do with a person's attitude toward others. Right? How you see other people is how you're going to see whether God can come through for you. That's, that's just the way it is. And that's why he says, love your neighbor as you love your... When you don't love your neighbor, you can't love yourself so you can't see what God wants to do for you. Because you want something to be done to them so you can't see what God can do for you. So you got to love them. It's that attitude that we have to change. A bad eye turned a blind eye to the poor. A good eye refers to a person's ability to see and seize every opportunity to be a blessing toward others. So again, when we're talking about anything that you do, you want to walk in that faith part. And it's about how we treat one another. Encourage, lift each other up. If someone comes against you, don't just stay around that. Get yourself in a place where it don't affect you so much where you become resentful. Sometimes you have to get out of fights. You have to get out of the ring so you can recover. Amen? And not take punches from them every day. Well, pastor said I should be nice to him. No, pastor's telling you also to get away sometimes. Do you Southwest Airlines? Uh, uh, <laughs> so that the ground we build on will determine the return we live on. So if I'm on the rock, it's going to determine what type of return I get in my life. I'm going to get rock solid returns. I'm going to get sand. And so, but it depends on what I build on. As a believer, we are never between a rock and a hard place because it is always the rock in between the, the hard place. So that, it's never that thing if you've heard of something between a rock and a hard place. No, the rock is the place that I built on. So I'm never between it. I'm upon it. 
right? First Corinthians chapter nine and verse 25 through 27. Everyone who competes in the games trained with the strict discipline. They do it for a crown that is perishable, but we do it for a crown that is imperishable. Therefore, I do not run aimlessly. I do not fight like I am breathing, like I'm beating the air. No, I discipline my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. Okay, full disclosure. How many of y'all believe your body is a slave to you? How many of you have made your body a slave? <laughs> so most of us are slaves to our body, right? If our body says it, we believe it, and that settles it, <laughs> right? If the body says it, we believe it, that settles it, right? Like, no matter, you know, so sometimes we have to stop. And now I'm not telling you not to listen to your body when you're pushing it too far. But there are times you have to, when God calls you to do something, your body is not going to necessarily agree with you. Right? And you're not looking for its agreement. You're saying this is what God called us to do. If you've never seen love or, or uh, a happy marriage, where like, like Pastor Rita and I, other than my parents, uh, but we were, we were establishing something among our siblings that never been done before. That was to marry and never be divorced. So the devil would fight us more than it would fight anybody else because we were doing something that's never been done. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, like when you step into that arena of, of, of what you're going to do for God and when you want to do it for God, yes, things are going to come at your relationship that hadn't come at anybody else's. And so when you stand in that place, receive it, be prepared and run to the rock, which is higher than I. Because you are doing something to set a standard for your children's children's children and the devil doesn't like that. People will take swings at bad things. They will swing at things that are bad instead of giving their all for God. Right? I, I'm going to take a swing at this thing that I'm not sure about or swing with this person that I'm not, uh, not sure that they're for me. or what's good. And, and God has said, don't be swinging at that. I got a better pitch for you. I got something really that you can hit. Uh, however, expanding their strike zone causes them to miss hitting on the things of God. It, it's, and when we were doing coach pitch in the, uh, in the um, YMCA League, Justice, playing baseball. And so I was the pitcher. And, and one of the reasons why I didn't make it into the pros because I, I threw too many strikes. When you throw too many strikes, people hit them really hard. And hit them really far. You don't get people out. However, for what I couldn't make it to, what I thought was my dream, God had used it for me to be able to show these kids how to hit. I knew how to throw to contact. I knew how to throw so they could get a hit. I knew how to throw, especially to Justice. He, he could just kill it. Like, he could hit it. And he knew, my father is going to give me something I can hit. My father is not going to throw me something that I'm going to swing and miss. My father is going to help me be successful. My father, God is throwing you things. If he tells you to get up and pray, he's throwing you something to hit. He's telling you to worship. He's throwing you something. You would see when he would come up to bat, he'd have this smile on his face. And we laughed the whole time. And I would say, boy, if you hit me, I'm going to throw the ball at you which he never believed. He smiled the whole time knowing you are my father. You are going to give me exactly what I need to be successful. Then he told all of his teammates, he's going to give you what you need. 
And the way I do it is that if I see where, and I tell all the kids, let me, let me see your swing. I tell them to take three swings, see exactly where they're swinging. I can throw it right where they were swinging. And God say, you may not be, have the best swing, but just where you're swinging, that's where I'm going to throw to. That's where I'm going to throw. Even the little girls on the team never hit a ball all the time. But the minute we got there and started working them, they were killing it. And we had a blast. The other teams would cheer us. For us laughing out there and having a good time, you need to know whatever has come your way is hittable. Quit ducking and dodging. Take your swing in faith. Right? Take your swing in faith. Now, however, Justice and I did get in trouble when a coach started cheating because he started trying to help his kids get out. I said, so Justice, you see where he's standing. That's who we're hitting it to. This is not godly. Pa- this is not pastor. By the way, it was a Saturday anyway. I said, Justice, I'm going to throw it middle in, and I want you to turn on it, right? Because I used to tell him, I don't want you turning on pitches because that means you're trying to hit it too far, and I just need you to stay inside yourself. I said, I, I, here's your freedom. I'm going to throw it right there. I want you to turn on it, and we're going to make him run because he shouldn't be out there. See the kid's game. That's wrong, ain't it? When Justice hit that ball, he busted out laughing. So did I. And that man, <laughs> and I'm not going to talk about his condition, but he wasn't supposed to be out there no matter how you put it. Okay? And he was close, and he threw his leg out there and missed. And they just kept running the bases. You know, the devil may be stacked, and that's what I love, that, that God is surrounding me. Doesn't matter how many is out there. I said, Justice, doesn't matter how many of them are out there. He can put all his coaches out there. We're going to throw it where they're not. And you're going to hit it past them anyway. Well, God is showing you, just because something's up against you and it's come through you, take your best faith swing. Keep swinging with your prayer. Keep swing, swinging with your worship. Keep swinging with your best attitude. It's in your strike zone. So we have to evaluate what we are swinging at and for so, and listen to this, and for so that we don't end up hitting something we cannot run with. So you may be swinging at something, you may be getting a hit, but it's something you can't run with. It's something you can't have in your life. You can't run the bases with this. Scripture belongs in a category all by itself as special revelations. God has revealed different facets of his of who he is through nature and if you turn a blind eye to natural revelations special revelations won't be special it is a revelation that we live in this world it's a revelation to all the things around it because god created it right uh it, i love this quote that albert einstein said it best science without religion is lame right religion without science is blind Right? You don't have to get rid of them. Jesus, God has proved it. Right? And so we have to not act like that's a fight against us. The word of God can show you how to respond. Never allow people to call you religious because of your consistency and desire to be strategic for God's victory instead of getting in the world's permission. And listen, listen, or getting the world's permission. Here's the deal, because I've heard people say, you're just being religious, you get up and you pray every morning. That's religious. I said, that's strategic. If I didn't pray, I'd be cussing you out right now. That's that's strategic. I have to have the strategy of Jesus. And I know that's not popular for a pastor to say, but I will hit you in my car if I don't get in all of God. The strategy is for you to live. 
So you have to go and say it's not routine, it's not religious, it's strategic because this is how God is raising me up and delivering me. And, and you have to have it. You have to have something where you are going to read the word and you're going to worship and it's going to be there. And you have to protect that time. 4.30 a.m., that's my time. That's, that's me and God. And, and last night, I think I slept 30 minutes. And Miss Reed was out and I was thinking, I got this whole bed to myself. And I was rolling over from side to side. And I kept playing around so much. It was 3 a.m. And prayer coming in an hour and a half. Oh, I just sleep through. Jesus, I go at 5.30. No, you the one. And, oh, she's got the good confidence. It's all messed up. I got to figure out how she makes a bed. But, but you know, what God is, is there is like, find some, protect our time together. You know what I mean? In relationships, I, I think a, a lot of marriages struggle because they've never had time they protected with Jesus. So it's hard to have time they protect with one another. Right? You got to have time for those things. You got to have time for that. Um, <laughs> it, Jesus was strategic in staying available to great miracles while he was here on earth. Praying, reading the word, worship, and honoring God daily is not a routine. It's a relationship. It's a relationship. People think I talk to my wife too much. And I say, good. I'm glad you think that way. But the key word you said in there was my wife as long as i don't talk to you too much and we do we text all the time if you look and get in my car and my phone you know how you have your phone that shows up my wife my wife my wife my wife my wife my wife and when people write me they're like wow like don't y'all run out of stuff to talk about well sometimes it's merely i'm headed here i love you if you need me this is where i'll be you mean y'all can't do that y'all can't let one another know now, there are times I don't want to know and pass my H-E-B because that means I got to turn. <laughs> and we do. We go to the store. Me and the kids go. I send them down one aisle, and I go down another. We get that stuff and try to get out of there because we know she'll call. Put your phone on silent. We're trying to get to the line. And sure enough, somebody forget to do it, and we can't, we, we can't not answer the ring. We can always say it's on silent. But if it rings... If we're going to love the Lord with all our heart, soul, mind, and body and go to heaven, we've got to say we heard it. It is a relationship that builds a strategic plan to stay free in this world. Be strategic. God, I'm going to think about you. When this comes up, I'm going to think about you, right? Things lovely, just Philippians 4, things that are lovely, just and of a pure virtue, that things of a good report. I'm going to think on these things. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 9, those who want to be rich, however, fall into temptation and become ensnared by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. By craving it, some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. You O man of God, flee from these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Now, how many of y'all have heard the statement, uh, money is the root of all evil? How many of you guys ever heard that, right? Money. They, they, and they say that's biblical. But the word they leave out, it is the love of it that's the root of all evil. Not having it makes you evil. It's loving it. Because we've seen people think about more evil when you're broke. How many ever thought about stealing when you didn't have enough? Okay, you know what? 
walking home from swimming, the swim pool was two and a half miles from our house. When folks swim and don't have food and have to walk home, first of all, we turn white before we get home because the chlorine and the skin is ashy. So first of all, we look like, you know, the walking dead. So, this, you know, we, we're zombies. But you are so hungry, all you're thinking about is, I don't care what it is, a chip or something that I, I can, it's just something I can eat. And that's when we start thinking about stealing. That's when we jump in people's backyards and eat off their peach tree. That's probably the reason why I'm allergic to all that stuff now, because I, <laughs> I did it stealing. You just sit down, you just see uh, peach juice and cherry juice all on our shirts. We don't walk. Now we stick in ash. Right? When you don't have enough is when you all you are consumed about is getting. Right? God doesn't want you to be that way. That's why he gave you all of him. So you don't have to get another person's opinion about you. Because he gave you so much word, you've got one. It is God, right? It is God. This, this lady, I got to meet this lady for the first time. And I was trying to explain. And then, y'all, I, I sinned Monday. I did I did. There was a person at the gym, and he was acting crazy, and I had to video it. I had to video it. I don't normally video people, but he was out of control, and nobody was paying attention to it but me. He was jumping around. He was air guitaring, and he was, and he was just losing his mind, and people were like, and I'm thinking, if this dude go off and start throwing weights, I'm going to have video and say, I knew this was possible. Because you know how they say, I just didn't see that coming. I did. And nobody, I almost, and you can see if I show y'all the video, but I don't think I am because, you know, y'all don't sin and I do. Um, you can see where I almost fell off the treadmill. Where the video just goes, because <laughs> I almost fell looking at him and I drifted over. <laughs> and God said, see, that's ugly. I said, God, you knew good and well I couldn't resist that. That's a temptation I couldn't resist. And he said, well, you probably should have walked out of there then. Y'all, he was into whatever. At one point, he did about four or five dances at once. And it wasn't that he couldn't dance. He was just trying to do too much. And he was at the gym anyway. Like, why are you out there? And I mean, folks just walking by on the deal and on the track and not looking. He could have punched one of them. Well, here's, I'd love to get him in judge. That's what I should have said. Man, you need to come to my church. We need you on the front. You need to do that right across him. He was sweaty. He had his air guitar going. And I'm like, enjoy yourself. But I ended up having to leave because I couldn't, I couldn't control it. I was, I couldn't stop. God, God's talking to me. Stop. And I'm like, nobody ever told you God no. I, you know what? I don't like y'all anyway. You know what? I did. I was like, I can't. It's if for some get your attention, you know it's wrong. But I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you acting like that? What song are you listening to that makes you do that? So anyway, there it is. That's my confession. The Bible says, confess your sins one to another that you may be delivered. So there's my confession. And you can keep yours to yourself. It is the righteousness of God that breaks us from the ties that tear the faithless away from their faith there are things that can take people who are faithless away from their faith that means they're in church but they're faithless and when you're faithless in church that means that everything that tears people that don't go to church away can also tear you away you can be drawn away from those things right you, you may never come back to your church and repent just like i just did and even though it looked like it didn't help but i did it anyway um 
like the man born blind. Jesus didn't just heal the blind. He healed the man born blind. What was the question that they asked? Who sinned, this man or his parents? Can you imagine what the parents had already been going through? Having a child that was born blind, I feel guilty. What was wrong with my stuff that the, the child couldn't even get enough eye? And then you're going to now bring it back up after it's healed? I'm sorry. That just came out. <laughs> Y'all shouldn't laugh at that. The P. Then listen. When <laughs> Jesus said, neither this man or his parents sin, but for the glory of God. And that's kind of what we prayed beforehand. God, I don't understand why it's taking so long or why I haven't arrived, but for your glory. I need, I need to understand. I need to get. For whatever you, the reason why you wouldn't do it the way I would do it means you know that there's a better way. There's a better way that, that glorifies you and, and not me. And so I, I look at that and like people will come to you uh, really and the enemy will come at you. See, really, you never were saved or you never really did get free or you never got filled with the spirit. And he's a liar. He doesn't know. He wasn't there. And it's for God's glory. And make sure you hang on to that because he can't take from you what God has delivered to you. How, so so money is not the evil. However, the love of it will expose roots of selfishness and greed that causes people to be drawn away. You find out what a person is really about when they have power. That's when you can find Promote somebody who ain't got the right attitude. And watch how they act when they got power. That's when you find out what a person's really like is when they're in control. When a person said someone was racist to me, but you give them a shot to be racist and watch them act the same way. You find out who they really are when they have power. Not when they don't have anything. People humble when they don't have anything. But you promote them. And see, watch, that, watch what they do. Look down upon people, don't love people, don't respect people, don't, don't do any of those things. And that's because that power is what they're rooted in and it exposes them. They love the power more than helping others from the position. And so when you, when you get with that point and you say, no, that's not my goal. My goal is to love Jesus with all of my heart, soul, mind, and body. That's why a person who returns hate for hate because they know how, because they now have the power to do so is exposing the root of prejudice for them to get even. Remember, they only want to be at a tie. They only want to be you hated me. So now I'm going to hate you. I didn't hate you beforehand, but I'm only hating you because I found out you hate me. Now, my, my, my look, I believe this. I, don't be, I believe <laughs> my principal from middle school is my principal from middle school and then follow us to high school. I believe he hates me. I believe he don't like me. Even to this day, I believe he doesn't like me. Now, he knew my mother. He loved my mom, but he also knew my father. So maybe that has something to do with it. It also maybe has something to do with his first year of being a principal. I got into a fist fight in the middle of traffic and stopped traffic and was on the news. So that might have been it. That might, and then he was just like, I just don't like you, little boy. I don't like you. And, and, and let me tell you all how, how, how evil I was to fighting, how much I wanted it. The little boy started to fight. He punched me in the eye in the gym. And he just walked up and just punched me. And I was like, no. And I went after him. And, and they grabbed me because I'm this big. Like, I, I weighed 52 pounds in seventh grade. And I was chasing out of him, and then I started laughing. I was like, I, I smelled the blood that was running through my body. Like, I was like, oh, now we're going to fight. Like, it's, it's 
fight time. Like, and then you could see the boy was like, I just hit you. Yeah, but the bell is about to ring. Yes! I'll never forget the evil that used to be in me was so strong. And I would walk out there. I couldn't wait. Like, I had my little coat on, and it was like, we're going to fight. And we turned right at that street, and, and we start swinging. And I had my big coat on. I was trying to take it off. And what I always learned was to make sure you're loose enough. When people see you taking off your coat, they charge. When he didn't realize, I could take it off and slip it real quick. So when I went to do this, he came charging, and I just went after him, and, and he didn't realize my hands were coming back. So I picked his head up by punching him, and then I just drove him right into traffic. Maybe that's why the principal didn't like me. You know the crazy thing? That kid never messed with me again because when we got caught, and because I, I tried to walk home, and he put me in his car. The principal took me back. And I was in the office with that kid. I was smiling like, hey, man, how's it going? Like, man, that was awesome, man. We should, let's do it again. Like, I'm in the office. We're about to get licks. I'm like, yeah. I'm not, his name was Kevin Hart. I said, Kevin, what's, how you doing, Kevin? Kevin Hunt. Kevin. That was awesome. Kevin Hunt. Kevin Hunt. Hey, Kevin. He was like, possessed with hate. You talk about a little, little ball of hate. And I was thinking about God, you delivered me from so much, so much. I mean, if y'all don't know that smell of that blood, I was like, ooh, game on, game on. They say, you hurt? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. We in my element now. I'm in the devil's den. We, we, <laughs> we got the fire lit and everything. If you are still there, go to Jesus. He can break that tie. Amen? Amen? Because you can put your fire out because... You start rolling around, people don't want you on their furniture when you got fire on you. God can trust a believer with riches when a believer has trusted God to bring them according to his will because they will be used to do God's will. So he can trust you with it, right? John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that everyone who believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And, and the word I want us to focus on, which I never paid attention to, y'all ever think about that shall not perish? Right? I never thought about that. What does that mean, y'all, when it says it shall not, you shall not perish? Huh? Yeah, but, but we're all going to die. So perish is something different. Right? Because we're all going to die. He says shall not perish. Other words, meaning we're all going to die, but there's something that you won't do after death, and that's perish. That means you won't have that other death that goes on forever and ever and ever. And I was like, oh, like, because everybody's going to die. Everybody's going to die unless Jesus come back and take us up. Right. But you won't perish. Right. It won't perish. God, if I'm going to go, I'm going to go believe in you because I shall not perish. It is our belief in Jesus that keeps us from perishing. All men will die. But for those without Jesus, the tiebreaker will be fully destroyed. See, they won't have that tiebreaker after they die. So I die, the person who won't accept Jesus dies. What breaks me from the tie of death is the life with Christ. And he says, come on, we're not going to perish. They go on to perishing, which is eternal death, fire, heat. That's perishing. You know, God is saying this this way. It's better to get up and pray than lay there and sleep because there's a perishing type thing. That happens when you think you got more rest 
instead of getting more Christ. Right? There's this thing that begins to burn on the inside of us like, move forward. Jesus provided for us to pass from death to life. He united the damnation knot. He untied, united. (laughs) He untied the damnation knot so we could spend eternity in heaven. Now, they'd said that time heals all wounds, and that's not true. Eternity does. Time won't heal wounds. Eternity will. And you have to get in the midst of that you're eternal being. And that's what heals you from this now situation. Because I got a better place to go. I know now isn't good, but where I'm headed is better. And so my, my, my fight is not with this, that, that with what's happening right now. My, my, my joy is with what's coming. And that is absolutely Christ Almighty, the hope of glory. Amen? I want you guys to bow your heads so we can pray. Father, I just pray for each and every person here. And, and just as you're praying, and, and you're like, Pastor, I've done so much wrong. And, and I share with you guys all the things I've wrong. Let me tell you, your wrongs can't catch up with you because you're with Jesus who's right. You can't go wrong. I hear people say, well, I'm doomed to get cancer because I smoked all those times before I came to Christ. And no, no, no. Jesus breaks the, you, he unties you from that and looses you from that. He unties you. He, he looses you and your children and he looses you and your family. But, 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 but I was abusive pastor and I, I was all these things. But Jesus said, when you came to me, all things passed away. Behold, you're a new creature. You're not tied to that anymore. You owe that no more attention and no more time because your eternity is with me. And I heal. There's no more tears. And I need you to know that I'm breaking the tie. I'm breaking that. I don't care what it was you did. I don't care where you've been. Jesus cleanses and erases those things. You're no longer perishing. You're going from death to life. And God is blessing you. Lord Jesus, I thank you for erasing the hate that was in me. I thank you for erasing the hate that was in people in the sound of my voice, erasing their sadness, erasing their pain, erasing their brokenness. In the name of Jesus, as you are, Lord God, saying you've set us free, and we are free indeed. And I have received, Lord God, that I'm broken from the ties of how I grew up and how I was raised and how things came against me to the one who raised me up from the dead and into his marvelous light. And Lord Jesus, I thank you. We receive that. We come together, uh, Lord, that in every facet of our lives that we believe that your plan is the one we're going to live by and go with. Your word. Lord, we take healthy swings with our faith. We take healthy swings toward the will of God and say, I'm going to only go after the thing that God pitches for me. And I know, God, you're giving me something worthy to be hit. Father, we just bless you. Thank you for watching over us. I thank you for blessing the work of each and every person's hands, that everything they put their hands to do, it shall prosper. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that, that, that we are the head and not the tail, and above and not beneath, that our God is faithful. In Jesus' name, everybody say, amen, amen.